Hi everyone, thanks to Karen and Marcus for leaving us for the last half an hour. I hope you've got your brew. And uh, I just want to take ten minutes just to share some stuff with you. I wonder, do you have a go-to song for a particular moment? Are there certain songs that make you dance, certain songs that maybe make you laugh, certain songs that maybe make you cry? On my range of devices, I have a playlist of specific worship songs that I've built up as I've travelled over the last few years. In this list, there are songs that have encouraged me, songs that have challenged me, songs that have comforted me, both in the high moments and the lows. There are songs that I've shouted and cheered with, and there are songs that have enabled me to stand firm in my faith. And there are songs that I have wept to as I've experienced the Father's heart while I've been sat at the top of our stairs. On Wednesday night, I was out running, my one exercise for the day, and as I was running, as I ran up onto the hills, I could see for miles. I could see over the Calder Valley, and I could see back towards Huddersfield. I was acutely aware of the stillness of the lack of activity, how quiet the M62 was, for example. My heart was heavy, and if I'm honest, I was feeling physically and spiritually worn out. As I start to run onto Lindley Moor Road, the songs play in my headphones, songs of hope, songs of future, songs of security. And I find myself start to sing, and to a rise of faith and hope comes upon me. Not just for myself in that moment, but also for the town. And as I turn back to back down the hill and look at the town, I can see the hospital, Huddersfield Royal Infirmary, shining a beacon of light in that place. Now my spirit has been lifted, and I find myself not just singing, but speaking in tongues and declaring God's goodness over that place at this particular critical time. See, what happened is I'd drawn on the good things in those songs, and as I continued down the hill, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me that this is a season for drawing on all that he has placed in us. And as I was thinking about drawing, uh, drawing deep, I was reminded of the concept of the well, and what it means to draw water from the deep. So, I want to talk about wells for a bit, if I may. Now, if you've got your Bibles, let's turn to a story in Genesis 26. Now, to give some context to this, while you're finding your places, Abraham's son Isaac has been on the move. Because of a famine in the land, Isaac has been living in a place called Gerar, and God has blessed him. In fact, he's blessed him so much that the people who live there don't like it very much. And so Abimelech, the king in that area, sends, sends Isaac away. And we read this from verse 17, Genesis 26, verse 17. I'm in the uh, New International Version. So Isaac moved away from there and encamped in the valley of Gerar, where he settled. Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped after <coughs> stopped up after Abraham died, and he gave them the same names his father had given them. Isaac's servants dug in the valley and discovered a well of fresh water there. But the herders of Gerar quarrelled with those of Isaac and said, The water is ours. So he named the well Isaac, because they disputed with him. Then they dug another well, but they quarrelled over that one also, so he named it Sitna, 
He moved on from there and he dug another well, and no one crawled over that. And he named it Rehoboth, saying, Now the Lord has given us room and will flourish in the land. From there he went to Beersheba, and that night the Lord appeared to him and said, I am the God of your father Abraham, do not be afraid, for I am with you. I will bless you and I will increase the number of your descendants for the sake of my servant Abraham. Isaac built an altar there and called on the name of the Lord. And there he pitched his servant, he pitched his tent, and there his servants dug a well. You know, I really like the image of the well, but if I'm honest, you know, I think our image has been spoiled because we live in a nation where water is sent directly to our taps by the lovely folk, if you live where I do, the lovely folk of Yorkshire water, and we never think about how we might obtain it. The reality for so many people, both in our world now and for generations before, is that to get the fresh, clean water, they have to dig themselves. And that's exactly what we find with Isaac here. If he wants to drink, if he wants his family to have fresh water and to be healthy, then they have to dig. So what does digging mean for us today? What does digging wells mean for us? Well, we must dig and we must continue to dig. But we dig in the Spirit. John 7, verses 37 38 says this. This is Jesus speaking. He says, Let anyone who is thirsty come to me and drink. Whoever believes in me, as Scripture has said, rivers of living water will flow from within them. You know, when we dig, what we're practically doing is focusing our time and our energies to deepen our relationship with God. It's to pull and to draw upon that living water that God has put in us. You know, it doesn't matter whether you've been a Christian for 50 years or a few days, God has put his Holy Spirit inside you and there is unrestricted access to his grace, to his love and to his mercies. But we all have to choose to dig. And so there's a couple of points I want to draw out from this story for us. The first thing is this, go to the wells that have been dug before. Notice where Isaac starts, he starts by opening the wells that have been dug before. He goes to the familiar place, he goes to the place of previous nourishment. He even gives them the same name his father has done. He reopened them and he found fresh water. Now, this isn't just going through the motions of repetition, but this is allowing yourself to be stirred, to be encouraged and refreshed by what is in you already. There's a freshness in those things. There's a freshness in the songs that are already in you. There's a freshness in the sermon that challenged you years ago. A freshness in your favourite scriptures that maybe you learnt as a memory verse. You know, on the Wednesday that we closed Jubilee Centre for this season, Kaz Gleich came into the building wearing... A hoodie, and it was a familiar hoodie to me, because it was a hoodie from one of the Bible weeks where we were involved with running the youth side of it. And on this hoodie was this verse from Hebrews 11. Now faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. Now I know this verse because I memorised it back then at that time when we did that Bible week and it's been a verse that I am reminded of constantly and on that day when Kaz walked in wearing that hoodie I was reminded again of that verse and it's a verse 
that I constantly go back to at times when things around me are not certain. It seems appropriate for now, doesn't it? Faith is being sure of what we hope for and certain of what we do not see. And I can draw upon that because it's inside me, because I learnt it. I really do believe it's time for us to draw upon all those good things that God has put into us. But here's the second point. You may need to reopen them. You may need to reopen those wells. The verses we read says this, Isaac reopened the wells that had been dug in the time of his father Abraham, which the Philistines had stopped up. Isaac reopened the wells. He took the cap off. He unblocked them. He declogged them. So the question for me and for you is this. What has blocked our wells? What can we do to unblock them? And, you know, in this present season, can I suggest something that I have found? Something particularly in the last week. The constant need for information or opinion is one way that our wells will get blocked. So how about turning off the phone for a bit? How about finding a moment? How about not checking Facebook or the news for a bit? Now hear me, it's good to be informed, we need to be informed. And we as a church are obviously promoting using Facebook, we're on it right now, to stay connected But you know what? The information will be there later. So why not take some time to stop? To pull that fresh water up. That freshness in the spirit. And draw on the good things that God has put into you. And finally, point three. It's time to dig new worlds. It's time to dig new worlds. You know, I imagine Isaac initially thought it would be enough to draw on the old worlds. But circumstances come and he soon finds that there's not enough here. Just drawing on what was there before can only sustain you for a finite time. So what does Isaac do? In verse 22 it says, he moves on. He moves on and he digs another well. And there, in that place, there, he finds increased blessing. Once you've drawn on that which is in you, it's time to dig some more. It's time to dig deeper into that which he's already shown you. But it's also time to dig fresh, new wells. You know, Isaac finds space to dig. The well, he names it Rehoboth, which literally means room. So that scripture or that song, it's time to search God for more in that. It's time to go exploring in the pages of God's word again. It's time to soak in his presence like never before. It's time to press further into him in different types of prayer. If you've not read Pete Gregg's How to Pray, I encourage you during this season, go away and do that because there's some amazing tools in there of how to pray and how to access the presence of God like you may never have done before. You know, there's a book that I've been reading that's really helped me in my time with God, in my alone time with God recently. And there's a great piece in it about wells. It started getting me thinking about this. So let me read a small segment for you. It's like a poem. It says, Now I spend my days tending my own well, 
The water was a lot murkier before. I shoveled my share of mud, but it wouldn't look like much to the pilgrims. Some say spending hours a day knee-deep in mud is no way to live, but I have found satisfaction in the water of my well. My well sustains me, and I have access to the lifetime of treasure beneath my feet. Let me read that bit again. I have access to the lifetime of treasure beneath my feet. It's from a book called Cultivate, it's volume one. It's by the Caseless Birds, if you want to look it up. The thing about digging is in one sense it's simple. A shovel isn't complicated, but it does cost. It takes time and it takes energy, but it is worth it. And so in this season, go to the wells. Go to those that have come before, unblock and reopen them. And then dig further and dig newer. Because the more we dig into God and the more we dig into his presence, the more there is to sustain us for the coming days. Let me pray for us. Father, thank you for the wealth and depth of goodness that you have planted in us. Teach us, Lord, to draw on you more every day. Holy Spirit, would you show us those things which are causing blockages and getting in the way? Would you give us wisdom in what to do to remove them? And Lord, take us deeper into you. Lord, would you show us more of you? And as you do, would you change us? Amen. Well, thanks for joining us this morning. I just want to remind uh, you have a couple of notices hopefully Marcus brought earlier. The first one is this, stay connected. Please, obviously I've said take some time out, but I do want to encourage you to stay connected both on the blog, Facebook, MailChimp. There's, there's stuff on there you can go already and look and there'll be an update on pastoral care uh, and what we're doing in the wider community coming up over the next couple of days. And the second is this, if you're a regular church member, please think about how you're going to give during this season. You can go to www.cchud.co.uk slash giving and you can give there via church suite using a debit card or you can use internet banking. Those are the two easiest ways. But for now, have a great day and we'll see you soon. Love you lots. Bye.